You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Father, I pray at this time that ultimately, not my words, but your living word, Jesus, would go forth. And that you indeed would take deep root within our hearts and our lives, and that through the work and the power and the presence of your spirit, that you would bring forth in us your life and your salvation. This I ask, this I offer now in the name of your Son, who is Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We read a moment ago from the 14th chapter of Luke's Gospel, and not just in Luke's Gospel, but also the reading from Deuteronomy, uh, Psalm 139, that we wonderfully heard sung this morning. There are a number of themes, there are a number of calls that are going on in the midst of this, and certainly one of the words, some of the words that ring out um, through all of this, in addition to the um, invitation um, to choose and to commit ourselves, are those words and the words from Jesus to count the cost. Those words and that invitation from Jesus Um, to count the cost. And one of the things that we see in this portion of Luke, which is entirely significant, is that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. And knowing that Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, what that tells you and me is that Jesus is on the way um, to the cross. Uh, Jesus is on the way um, to the cross. God, in fact, is counting the cost. He's making his way toward the cross um, for you and for me. And as Jesus Uh, is making his way toward Jerusalem. He is uh, speaking to and calling to the people, inviting them into relationship with himself. Uh, On an an entirely um, lesser uh, note, uh, I recently had opportunity um, to count the cost. We, one of the things, we have two golden retrievers. Uh, If you have uh, a few hours, I'll show you some pictures. Um, We have a couple of golden retrievers now, and Um, Our vacuum cleaner is probably, I don't think it's quite 30 years old, but it still still has bags. It's sort of the the television equivalent uh, of a TV without a remote control. Um, And so it kind of just sort of moves the the dust and the fur around. And so I decided that it was time um, to go and to purchase a new vacuum cleaner. Uh, And for those of you who haven't been in the market for a while, like me, um, about 30 years, a lot has changed, Um, just so you know. um, A lot has changed in the world of vacuum cleaners. Um, And I went, because, you know, I I need the house nice for my dogs. Um, So Paul and the kids think I've gotten a little, they accuse me that I've I've gotten a little carried away with the dogs, and I'll just sort of tell you um, they're right. Um, And so anyway, I went to get a new vacuum cleaner, and and if any of you have done it recently, it's a little overwhelming. Um, there, there, are a lot, uh, there are a lot of choices. There are a lot of options. Uh, I found myself paralyzed uh, in the process, and so I just picked the one that's sort of in the middle. Um, I didn't want to get the cheapest. I didn't want to get the most expensive. But, but let me just say, and I, and I won't belabor this, uh, I know, I mean, I do have your attention um, talking about vacuum cleaners, but I'll just sort of say briefly, again, they, they've... They've changed a lot. They, they, they pivot now. They even have headlights. Uh, I'm not going to have headlights. And so you can see um, what it is that you're missing. You can see what it is. It's amazing. Um, so anyway, I, I went and I purchased uh, this new vacuum cleaner. I was so excited. I went home, tried it out. It was fabulous. Um, and I'll tell you more about that um, after the service. But it, it brought to mind something that uh, I remember some time ago. 
Paul and I are both challenged in multiple um, ways. And one of the ways that we're challenged in our relationship is, is I'm wishing that she was not such a mess. Um, and she is looking at me and wishing I was not such a mess. And so periodically, one or the other of us will, will say, you know what, we're going to do something about it, doggone it. Um, and this was years ago. Uh, Paula just couldn't take me any longer, and she was going to, to clean up some around the house. And so she was vacuuming with our um, antiquated vacuum cleaner, but it did work well enough as she was vacuuming and she decided to take the attachment and to clean the dust off of her dresser and the suction was sufficient um, to suck up her engagement ring um, into um, the vacuum cleaner. And so um, Paula knows that I love her, so she waited to tell me this until I came home um, and she left me the bag uh, and the opportunity to go and, and, and to find the ring, which, which I did, uh, because I love her. Um, and so yeah, I, I take the bag into the kitchen, I, I open the bag, and as you might guess, I, I begin to sort of dig my hands into the dirt, the dog hair, uh, and, and all of this, and I, and I had a great plan, uh, and that was this. I, I put my hands in it and I, I sifted it. Uh, I see some of you cringing, but what am I going to do? So I began to sift it um, with my hands, and after I sifted it, I would put it in the um, trash uh, in, the, in the kitchen, in the kitchen garbage can. And so I'd sift through, sift through, sift through, and then finally um, I got to the very end uh, of the vacuum bag. Um, you know, couldn't find it early on, the, the very end of the vacuum bag, and I reach in and I, and I pull out the ring, but uh, it's the ring minus the stone. Um, so the thing that we're really looking for is, is, is missing, uh, and, I, and I had this realization what I was going to have to do. Uh, and so I spread garbage bags on the kitchen floor, and I dumped uh, the kitchen garbage uh, out onto the floor now and began to sift through not just, you know, the dust and the dog hair, but the, the coffee grounds and the banana peels um, to begin to make my way through um, and, and to find the stone um, which, which was missing. And, and all the time... Um, just remembering the words from the marriage office. Uh, marriage is not to be entered into unadvisedly or lightly, but reverently, deliberately, and in accordance for the purposes for which it was instituted by God. And of course, as the years go on, you find new purposes uh, for which it was instituted by God. This was one of them, and I, and I began to work through the, the garbage, the, the kitchen garbage, uh, and then amazingly, as I get toward the end, there's a white styrofoam cup, one of those to-go cups. You get your tea in um, to go. And in the bottom of the cup, there's the tiniest amount of water in the bottom of the cup. And, and the stone um, had actually gone down into the cup, uh, into that um, tiny bit uh, of water. Uh, and there uh, uh, we finally, uh, finally found it. Uh, and, and I ask you uh, a question, as you might imagine. I mean, uh, why, why did I do that? Uh, why did I? Well, one, because, yeah, I'm a husband. What else are you going to do, right? I mean, there's some amount you know that you're going to be the one looking for that. So, yes, that's part of it. But, but why did I uh, go in? Why did I go through all of this? Why did I look for this stone? Well, certainly um, part of it, yes, is, is the value of it. Uh, it's something which is, is valuable, uh, not just you know, monetarily, but it's, but it's valuable, uh, the ring which I gave her when I asked her to marry me. But um, beyond that, uh, it's because I, I, I value my wife. Uh, why did I go uh, looking for it? Because I, I value um, that relationship. Well, 
put a pin um, in that story for a moment. We'll, uh, we'll come back to it, but I, I share that story with you, and I introduce that because I, I hope it will begin to share light uh, on the gospel placed before us this morning and what it is that we see about the nature and the character of God and what it is um, that we are invited into. Because one of the first things I want to communicate to you this morning, and not just this morning, but, but consistently, uh, and this is the truth, the, the tremendous value and worth that we have in the eyes of God. Uh, the tremendous value and worth that you specifically have um, in the eyes of God. And, and not just uh, a generic value and worth, not just uh, a generic love, but, but, a, but a love and a value and a worth that's directed specifically um, to you. And as we see God entering into the world in Jesus, we see that communicated to us unmistakably, his value uh, of you and me, his love um, for you and for me, his desire um, that we would not just know him theoretically, but that we would know him personally. Uh, And not just know him personally, but that we would be engaged with him relationally. We've been reading through Luke's Gospel and preaching through Luke's Gospel in the morning, and we've heard Jesus having uh, meals with the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day. And and we see that the the clash uh, between Jesus uh, and the religious leaders and the words uh, of both love and grace, but also the words of challenge which are spoken to them. And now, as we read today, it begins, and we hear that great crowds accompany Jesus. And as these great crowds accompany Jesus, as there clearly is a sense of excitement among them as they are accompanying him, as they are at least in part following along the way, Jesus, you know, Jesus, family values, safe for the whole family, says this, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What, what is your reaction to that? There are certainly words uh, which gather your attention. Uh, unless you hate your father and mother and brother and sister and wife and, uh, and children and even your own life, um, you cannot be uh, my disciple. Well, let me... Let me unpack this hopefully a little bit for us. Let's, let's apply this um, to our lives and understand what it's saying. Uh, one is to say that uh, the word Jesus used, uh, hate, uh, is actually intended truthfully but not literally. Uh, that, that word in some ways is intended truthfully, uh, not literally, um, descriptively, not prescriptively. What, what, do I, what do I mean by that? What do we, what do we mean by that? One, Jesus is stating, uh, well, stating what's true, stating what's obvious, is that to come um, to him and to come into a relationship with him does not leave our lives unchanged. Uh, when, when we come to Jesus, when we enter into relationship with Jesus, when we are gathered by him, our lives are not left uh, unchanged. That's why Jesus invites those who are accompanying him um, to count the cost. Of course, and not only are our lives changed, not left unchanged, but it, but it impacts everything else in our lives. It impacts the other um, relationships in our lives as well. But one thing also, what Jesus is highlighting here, uh, he's not literally telling us um, to hate 
our, our mother and father and brothers and sisters, that would be, uh, that would be to go against the words which are spoken uh, in the Ten Commandments, the, those words which Jesus actually came um, to fulfill. But what Jesus is saying is this, is that um, this uh, is something, uh, a decision, this is something of such um, significance that you, that you need to hear it um, in all of its truth, in all uh, of its intensity. There, there is a, a call to place um, our faith and our value in him. There is a call to enter into a relationship with him um, first and foremost, uh, and then to allow that relationship um, to impact all of the other relationships in our lives. And again, there's the word of honesty to say, by entering into relationship with me, things are not left um, unchanged. Uh, and, and yet, um, how uh, amazing, how glorious it is to enter into um, that relationship with him. How great and how glorious. There's the word which is spoken um, not to look at Jesus uh, as an, sort of from the uh, religious uh, legalist of his day, not to look at uh, Jesus, to look at God as an acquisition. Uh, God is not an acquisition that we can gather or that we can attain by religiosity or morality. God is not something um, that we can acquire. He's not someone that we can acquire um, by that means, uh, nor um, is he called to be an acquaintance, uh, one that we like, one that we care for, but one that we keep at a certain distance uh, from ourselves. Uh, the call from Jesus, the invitation from Jesus is to go beyond seeing him, uh, beyond sort of acquaintanceship uh, and into relationship. It's an invitation to move from an acquaintanceship the great crowds who are accompanying him, and to actually enter into a relationship. But if you're like me, perhaps as you hear these words, uh, unless you do this, um, then you cannot be my disciple. If you're anything like me, uh, does it cause a little anxiety in your life? Because I don't know about you, but I, as I look at this, I, I think I can't do it. Um, if I mean, how much is enough? Um, if I do it 75% of the time, if I do it 50% of the time, does it, you know, is it, is it a pass-fail? I, when, I, when I hear Jesus saying, unless you do this, uh, you cannot be my disciple, I, I feel a certain amount of anxiety because I feel like, you know, I, I, I don't measure up. Uh, I, I, I can't uh, measure up. Uh, I, I can't keep this up uh, in my relationship with him because again and again and again, it seems that I, uh, I, I'm, I'm tempted um, I fall away. I, I place other things um, before him. I, I seek my comfort and my security and my meaning and peace and uh, things which I know um, I, I shouldn't place them in, and yet I do. It's like Moses' words to the people of Israel. See, I set before you today blessings uh, and curses, life or death. Um, now choose life. But am I the only one that has difficulty choosing life? Am I the only one that has difficulty making good decisions? You know, if the answer is yes, just go ahead and tell me. Um, but I think this is more than rhetorical, and I think it's true. Uh, I don't think um, that I'm the only one. Uh, so, so where is our hope uh, in the midst uh, of all of this? I began this morning by telling you the story of, of, of Paulus and my um, fiasco with the, uh, with the wedding ring and uh, this uh, going after it. Well, to pick the story up after uh, finding the stone, the, the ring uh, was the setting was, was mangled, and so we had to go uh, and get a new setting. Uh, and so we, we did, and this is, uh, this is something that's just, uh, I, I find 
uh, interesting in the whole marital economy. So we, we got a new setting, and, and when we did so, next thing I knew, we had gotten an upgrade. Uh, we had gone from gold to platinum. Um, and and uh, Awesome. Uh, it, uh, uh, but it's like a lot of things. It just sort of happens. Well, why do I... Why do, I, why do I share that? Uh, because uh, rather than sort of saying, you know what, we've, we've made this mistake and uh, we're going to get it back, but it's going to be less um, than it was before. Uh, instead, um, it was this uh, upgrade. Instead, um, it was this celebration. Why do I share that with you? Because when we talk about counting the cost, here's the message of the gospel. Here is why you and I are people who have hope uh, and who have security. That we hear rightly Jesus' invitation to move from acquaintanceship to relationship, to enter into this relationship with him. But where our hope rests, where our security rests, is not in yours and my performance, but in the performance of Jesus Christ. Because what we hear, uh, not only in this, but throughout the entire witness of the Bible, is that, that God is the one who seeks us. Uh, he is the one who looks for us. He's the one who comes and sifts through everything to find us. He's the one um, who values us beyond all other. And when it comes um, to counting the cost, when it comes to the payment uh, which is necessary, uh, we hear that Jesus does so for you and for me. God counts the cost. And in his willingness to lay down his life for you and for me, uh, in his crucifixion and his resurrection, Jesus covers the cost in a way in which you and I never can. And so the invitation that goes out to you and to me um, in entering into this relationship with Jesus and, and why I lift all this up is to know that the one that we are coming to is not uh, grudging, uh, he's not meager, uh, but he is gracious beyond our imagination. Uh, he's restoring, um, he's loving. You and I are invited to place our hope and our trust and to find our foundation in him and to reflect on this and entering into this relationship of discipleship, entering into this relationship of trust to realize uh, that he is the one um, who has provided the cost um, for you um, and for me. It's in his sufficiency uh, that we find our security. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for your nature and character made known to us in Jesus, that you, in fact, um, seek us as a Savior and as a shepherd, uh, that you provide the cost through your cross and your resurrection that we cannot provide. So draw our hearts uh, and our minds to you this day that we might find in you the salvation and security, uh, the guidance and the meaning which we all long for. And all this we ask now, all this we offer uh, in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you will join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.